Hey, I'm Dave Jackson, and if you're new to the show, we always start off any kind of uh, milestone episode. And today, are you ready? Is episode 900. And so the first thing I do is take the format and break it. Oh, I'm going to need a broom. Anyway, I thought I would peel back the curtain because it's so weird. I, I tell people all the time, you don't know who's listening to you. I just, I was on the road a lot in September and I heard one phrase over and over. And that was, it's kind of the same thing, but one, be authentic. Don't try to be something you're not. And then you can kind of wrap that up in number two, which is really the same thing. And that is be yourself. And so you are unique. There's something about you that makes you different than everyone else. So I thought I'd share a little bit about this. We do have an interview today. And in a second, I'm going to share something that still boggles my mind. But let me give you an example. Uh, my sister, I don't know, really, she was never diagnosed. She's not autistic. If I had to peg one, I would say she has Asperger's because she's she's a very unique piece uh, person. And I, I love her to death. I really do. When... When other people in my family have completely just turned their back on me, my sister never did. Now, I'm on great terms with all of my family, but there were times when things were a little rocky there. But my sister always had my back. But if you have never lived with someone who is, as we say, on the spectrum, you need a lot of patience for that. But it's these things that make you you. I'll give you an example uh, again, junior high was just a party for me, and apparently my mom had already gone to, I don't know, Kmart and bought a bunch of stuff from the Peter Brady collection. Ugh, I look at the pictures, and I'm like, I honestly did not pick that out. But uh, the fun part was we bought all my school clothes, and then I grew three inches. And so I had to go back, I believe this was ninth grade, and my mom had, had to sew like fabric on the bottom of my jeans because they were floods. Uh, holy cow, were they floods? And uh, the fun part was they were a different color of fabric. So in case you missed the fact that I had floods on, you know, I had blue jeans and then this like light blue thing. It just, it was, it just screamed, Hey, look at the poor kid. And that's where I learned, well, this is who I am. You either like me or you don't. And if you don't like me because my pants look weird, well, then I guess you're not a good friend. Now, at the time, I did not think that. At the time, I was like, you know, just my life. I was not a fan of my life at that point. And likewise, my dad was a long-distance truck driver. Now, did I have a dad? Sure did. Did I ever see him? Not really. Not much. And when he was home, he was sleeping. And at the time, I kind of felt like an outsider because everybody else had a dad at the father-son picnic or whatever was going on. And so I kind of had a little bit of a, a chip on my shoulder. But looking back now, I have mad respect for the guy. He's been gone a few years now because he made a whole lot of money and never got to spend any of it, would come home and fix all the stuff we broke while he was gone. And so I look at that now and go, oh, that was a great example of a work ethic and just doing the right thing even when the cards you've been dealt are not the ones you wanted. So when you mix that all together and throw in the amazing sense of humor 
from my mom who was always down to be silly and was a great listener. Holy cow. I would literally, I would come home. I remember when I was a teenager, I would go to work and I would come home and I would have all my friends in my house and I'm not there talking to my mom. And so when you mix all that together, a good listener with patience and a great work ethic, you end up with a Dave Jackson and the fact that he knows what it's like to feel like an outsider and knows that you have something to say and knows that you should be sharing your experience because people want to hear from you. You end up with a guy that falls into podcasting in 2005 and says, holy cow, I think podcasting is going to change the world. And it's been fun. It's been 18 years and I'm here to tell you it has, and I can see where I still, again, I'm an educator, so I always think you can use this as an educational tool and we can all learn from each other. Other people who are from a marketing aspect just want to sell you something for three easy payments, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's where they come from. And I want to know where you come from and how I can help you get your word out because you are special, you are unique and people will listen to you. There are people out there like, nobody's talking about what I want to talk about. And if that's you, I know a lot of people that started amazing podcasts because, well, nobody was talking about what you wanted to talk about. And so I started off by saying, sometimes you don't feel like anybody's listening. And I'm just here to let you know that every time I do a question of the month, there's a part of me that goes, what if nobody puts in an answer? I still have that. And there was a voice in my head, I'm going to say about a month and a half ago, that I was kind of like, did you peak? Did you peak in 2018? Look, I'm I'm so happy with the School of Podcasting right now. We have some amazing people in there. The community there is so much fun. And my downloads are still continuing to go up a little bit, but not as fast as as I want or probably you want, right? We all want that 10,000 download switch. And as soon as I find it, I'll be sure to let you know what it is. I always share my best practices. But there was a part of me that was like, you know, maybe I've had people. I went to a conference and a dude said, oh, that's right. You're old. And I was like, wait, what? I'm not that old in my 50s. Right. And, uh, you know, am I, I am I going to start running into ages? And to me, that's a bullcrap excuse. That really is. I, I really never want to play the ages card. Because if your content is good, like it's not like we're playing basketball here. I got a brain and a, and a voice so I can compete with anybody. So I'm never going to play that card. But I was just kind of like, huh, it's just not, uh, I don't know what's going on. And then uh, over the weekend, uh, September 30th, this happened. And also we have two categories called listener and podcaster influencer of the year which covers those that have influenced listeners and podcasters and voted by hand write in while you were voting or even submitting your show as written in by the 8.3 million listeners that voted for podcasters this year in our podcaster category for podcaster influence the year as recorded by podcasters who participated in the 2023 Podcast Awards is Adam Curry and Dave Jones from Podcasting 2.0, Alex Sanfilippo for PodPros, Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting, Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan Experience, 
and Kale Laurie and V. Riviera from Baby Mama's No Drama as voted on by your peers to be our 2023 podcast influencer of the year. And congratulations to them in a very, very big way. And so when I realized that it happened, because people were like, hey, congratulations. And I'm like, yeah, I, I won best technology in 2020, something like that. And I'm like, no, no. And then to be in a category with Joe Rogan, Adam Curry, you know, Alex, I met Alex. Uh, I've known Alex for years, but Alex Sanfilippo is a different cat. He's not wired like you. And he and I are very much on the same page of serve first. Find your audience, identify who they are, give them value and serve your audience. So it was great hanging out with him. But that really was humbling because when I heard, oh, no, no, this wasn't where, number one, I didn't, I didn't promote that. I didn't know what was happening. I mean, I knew the podcast awards were going, but I didn't submit my show this year. And I just was like to, you know, have people write me in. Thank you. Whoever, if, if that was you, thank you. And by that, I mean, thank you. Or to put it another way, wow, thank you so much. And so one of the things that I do, if we go back to just be yourself, is I like to find where the line is. And they'll go right to the edge and occasionally go just a, just a wee bit over. And uh, when I came up with the idea for today's episode, I went, yeah, that's going to upset some people. And uh, the voice in my head said, yeah, do it anyway. And we're going to do that right after this. Hey, if you look at your watch, your phone, or just stick your arm out the window, you'll find out that today's weather is much like yesterday, only slightly different. This is an invisible sky buddy alert. If hearing the word Jesus triggers you, you may want to fast forward. All right. Well, joining me via Squadcast, I mean, his book last year was distributed to 35 and a half million people around the world. He's known by many names. He's got a ton of nicknames. He's kind of known for forgiving sins and delivering everlasting life. But today I brought him on because he started with a whopping 12 followers. And yet people are still talking about his content today. Thousands of years later, please welcome to the show. Jesus Christ. Jesus, thanks so much for coming on the show. I know you're a busy guy, so uh, it, I really appreciate it. Oh, uh, Dave, you know, I'm a big fan. Seriously? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm always listening. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, nah, it, I'm just kidding. Oh, anyway. Okay. Uh, you know, your message has been around for years, and that's really why I brought you on, because I, I wanted to get behind the marketing of your message. So let's start. When did you know you wanted to be a content marketer? Well, uh, marketer may not be the, the right phrase. I mean, I'm not really selling anything. It's free. But uh, I guess as a young man, you know, it is a, it's a family business, which is at times kind of awkward, you know, but probably somewhere around my 30s. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Now, your All dad right. has a plan. Sure. And he delivers his message. 
Yeah. And it resonates, you know, with some people, but not with others. Yeah, it it's it was complicated. There were a lot of rules, like in Deuteronomy 12.31, it says anyone who has had his testicles crushed or they, you know, they lost their junk, uh, they it, they will not enter the assembly of the Lord, and, and that just did not go over well with certain people. So he tried to simplify. He did a little focus group with uh, Moses and Aaron, and he came up with the, the Ten Commandments. And, you know, then we did some experimental marketing with plagues. Uh, we split the Red Sea. And you really have to be marketing all the time to remind people and and really keep your brand in front of them. I mean, uh, look at the iPhone 15. Have you seen that thing? The commercials are on all the time. I mean, big deal. They changed the port. And the other thing I always wonder about that, I mean, every commercial talks about a titanium case. I mean, were people dropping their phones off of a cliff? I mean, why do we need a titanium case? But uh, on the other hand, they are keeping their brand in front of people and they make them feel like they want it. Yeah. And I mean, it's Apple. Everybody knows there's a phone out now. Is that because there's commercials on all the time? But I don't know. But anyway, speaking of branding, let's go back. You talked about your dad's branding. Now, when you get more involved, there seemed to be a bit of a rebrand almost. Well, yeah, I mean, we moved away from some of the smiting. In the early days, there was a lot of smiting going on. And uh, I was kind of like, look, I'm I'm more about love. And I, really what I was looking for, I, I was like, can we get like a cool catchphrase? Like, do you remember Where's the Beef? Man, <laughs> you remember that one? I love that commercial. Oh, that was a classic. And I kind of saw where you tried to simplify the message. Yeah, I mean, I had these trolls. They were always trying to trip me up. And, you know, they asked me a question, and I just thought, uh, you know, they're just not getting it. So I boiled those 10 things down to two. I thought, surely they can get two, right? And so I said, you know, the first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And really what I was going there for was just some brand loyalty. And then I boiled everything down to this. I was like, look, love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, yeah. I've, I mean, I've heard of that one. Oh, thanks. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's easy to remember. Yeah. We did a second campaign with the message do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So kind of a, a little switch up of the same theme. Sure. And that seemed to resonate sticking with the brand. And, you know, I always thought this was kind of neat. You know how there's the company Target? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and and their customers came up with this nickname, Target. Yep. And that's done by their customers. You know, they didn't ask yeah. for that. Well, way back in 1604, two guys, there was uh, Charles Gibbon and uh, Thomas Jackson. He's no relation. I checked no. into that. I, oh, I thought, oh, wouldn't okay. that be cool? And uh, they started calling that the golden rule. And boy, that was catchy. That was really catchy. So let that be a lesson. Boil your message down so that people can grasp the concept without losing the heart of the message and then really lean into it and make it part of your brand. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I heard this and I was like, really? Okay, is it true that when you started, you only had 12 follows? 
Yeah, I mean, 12 followers, sure. And we had two alternates. Uh, there was also Mary Magdalene. So we're, we're talking less than 20 people. There was, uh, there was Marius. He was like the Roy Crispy, you know, the Lost Crispy brother, because he took over after uh, Judas left. Wait, I'm sorry. The Lost Crispy brother? Yeah, you know, there was Snap, Crackle, Pop, and Roy. That was the early days. And Roy had a substance abuse issue, and he eventually was just moved off the box. But uh, getting back to your question, yes, I started with 12, and the marketing started after we had solidified the message. All those years with Dad had led up to this, and we knew we had something that resonated with the audience. Fascinating. So can you break down your marketing strategy? Well, sure. I mean, it's simple, but it's not easy. You have to identify your target audience, and then you have to go where they are. I mean, I tried it. I tried to stay in my own hometown, and it, I just wasn't getting any traction. It just wasn't working there. So I realized, I look, I got to get out of here. I got to go someplace else and try this. Well, man, that must have been a serious Uber bill. No, there no Uber, no Lyft. It was, you know, the Sandal Express, my friend. Oh, yeah, right. Well, duh. Okay, well, you said that, not me. But uh, once I was at some place, I could see someone and how they really needed to hear the message. Oh, then you just run up and hit them with the slogan, right? No, 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 that, that doesn't work. You come across as spam. You have to make friends with them, you know, get to know them a little so they can see what they need. And then the key here is you have to bring value to your conversation. So they know to listen when you speak. If you're just, you know, talking about the weather, it's, you know, you have to bring value so they want to actually hear what you're saying. Ah, then you hit them with a slogan. Exactly, yes. And then you stick to what works and you make it easy to follow. Ah, okay. Well, you know, we're always kind of impatient. Was there anything that you did that made things grow faster? Well... You know, I got a lot of flack for this. It didn't always fit the mold of what people wanted. They expected me to come in and just kick butt all over the place, and that really wasn't brand safe. It's kind of hard to say, do unto others, you know, as I'm breaking skulls, you know? I mean, however, you know, because I was saying things that were really kind of unexpected, it did make me stand out. So if I have a podcast... I don't want to be the most downloaded show. I want to be the most talked about show. Oh, man, that's a good one. Can I use that? Oh, sure. Take oh, it. Thanks. All right. So how did you get people then to talk about you? It really boils down to I provided content that you can't get anyplace else. Like I was at this wedding once and they were going to run out of wine and, well, you know how moms can be, right? So my mom turns to me and she goes, look, can you turn this water into wine? You know, and who can say no to mom, right? And the next thing I know, uh, the word is just spreading everywhere. Well, I mean, that is content you can't get anyplace else. Well, it's also kind of a pain. I mean, everybody's coming up to me. Hey, Jesus, I have this jug of water. And, and then, of course, you know, when you put content out, some people are going to love it and some people won't. But there's always going to be trolls. I mean, I had a troll last week that ran up to me on the street. Hey, Jesus, can you turn my Mountain Dew into wine? I was like, ah, you know, well, some things just. Yeah. Well, that's a great tip, though. If you can provide information 
that you can't get any place else or delivered in a way that you can't get any place else. That's always going to help. What other marketing did you do to get the word out? Well, after my campaign was over, you know, I went back to the main office and this is always the fun part. When you get some really loyal fans, you'll be amazed at what they do. The fans, have you ever heard of the show Keith and the Girl? Oh, yeah, I love yeah. Keith and the Girl. They had their logo, the Keith and the Girl logo, branded on them. Holy. I mean, geez. ouch, holy yeah. cow. I'm with you on but that. But anyway, so people really hated our message, and the Roman government would feed my followers to the lions. Man, talk about cancel culture. Oh, Jeez. yeah, I know, right? But instead of running around and screaming, they would get in the center of the ring and they would pray. And so when people follow what you say in your podcast, their friends are going to want to know where that inspiration came from or where did you hear that? And so we definitely got a spike in followers uh, thanks to the Roman government. So, you know, when trolls start trying to cancel you, you know, it's just great exposure because they really can't cancel you unless you stop. So... Get your audience involved. Right. I mean, make sure they have all the materials to share your message, whether it's your logo or T-shirts or whatever. You know, for me, I have a book at Bible.com. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Should I should I not mention the book? I, I hate those guests where every question is, hey, like, it's in the book. You got to read it. Oh, so annoying, but you're fine. Okay. So if you need something... Don't hesitate to ask your audience because you never know who's listening. Right. They can be kind of your marketing team and then your audience grows and grows and grows. And Well, yeah, but, you know, you have to be careful. See, a lot of people forget this. Fame is something that's hard to achieve and it's next to impossible to turn off. And once you're famous, you really need to have those core values in place of knowing why you started your podcast, knowing who it's for, and then giving them what they want. I get it that we all want to be liked, but really you want to be loved. And and that just takes a lot of effort. Wait, so fame isn't what it's cracked up to be? Well, I get misquoted a lot in the press. Like, I never said money is the root of all evil. I said the love of money is the root of all evil. I mean, you can do some really great things with money. True. And look, I don't want to offend you. I mean, I have a lot of respect for you, but some say it might be easier for you, you know, because you're the son of God. Yeah. I mean, I get that. It's not the first time. I mean, my mom at times will look at my brothers and go, why can't you be more like your brother? And we're like, ma, he's the son of God. It's crazy, but I get that. It's not the first time. Here's something to think about. If the show's goal is to monetize, take some time to look into the pricing. So many people underprice their value. You're worth so much more. And then what happens is you put your product out and nobody buys it because they feel like, well, that can't be any good because it's only X amount of dollars. That's, that's no way. I mean, my message is everlasting life for free. There's no paperwork. There's no credit check. And I still have a hard time growing my following. Ah, uh, yep. Been there, done that. Perceived value. Yep. You know, if it sounds too good to be true. So we just have never-ending marketing. All right. I have just a few more questions. Do you have time? Oh, I always have time for you, Dave, and your listeners. Thanks. No problem. All right. I've always wanted to ask this. I mean, 
You know Bono, right? Oh, yeah. I just saw him in Vegas. Yeah. Okay, great. His band grossed $736 million in two years of touring, yet he's asking people to solve world hunger when it appears like he Right. Could. Okay, hold on. Like, I hate to be one of those authors, you know. It is in the book, Matthew 7, you know, judge not. Oh, uh, yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I think you're not the only one who forgets that part. Well, speaking of the book, anything else you'd like to highlight from the book? Well, there's that whole don't take my name in vain thing. And so many times people like just shout out my name and I'm like, what, what? And they're like, oh, somebody else scored a goal. That's kind of annoying. All right, last question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Well... Here again, I mean, I hate to say it, but we are short on time. It's in the book, and it's also available as an audiobook. Well, Jesus, I know you're busy. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your marketing insights. Thanks, Dave. Keep up the good work. Yeah, that was fun and cheeky in a way. And uh, if you're wondering, Dave, you do a horrible English accent. Why, why didn't you do a bad Jewish accent? I, I could have, but uh, just not as comfortable doing a bad Jewish accent as other ones. And uh, this kind of boiled down again. Once you get your message right and it resonates with people, then go to where they are, make friends with them, and tell them about your show and that's kind of what this whole episode wanted to boil it down for. And this way, when somebody says, what episode should I listen to? I'm like, ah, check out 900. It's creative. It's weird, uh, which is what I do on these 100 episodes. And I'm reading a book right now called The Proverb Effect, Secrets to Creating Tiny Phrases That Change the World. And that's really one of the other takeaways from this episode is if you asked your audience to describe your show, have you given them some sort of catchphrase that, you know, just do it? You know, for me, it's uh, plan, launch, and grow your podcast. That's my motto. But I have other ones. In fact, Natalie over at photobizhelp.com, uh, I love to hang out with her. She's the partner of Harry Duran from, um, yeah, I was going to say Yellow Podcast. That's not it. His logo is yellow. Uh, podcast junkies, and she calls them Davisms. She's like, "Oh, that's a Davism," and so I might actually do an episode of Davisms. I originally was going to do one for episode nine hundred, and then you know Jesus's manager called and said he could fit us into the schedule. So you know, who am I to uh, say no to Jesus? Think about it and get creative. It doesn't have to be crazy. I remember it's funny. There's a, a friend of mine, Larry Roberts. In fact, Larry was on this week with Craig Van Slyke from livewellandflourish.com. Uh, Larry is over at redhatmedia.io, and both those guys are up to their armpits in ChatGPT. So if you want to learn about ChatGPT, I'll put a link to that episode of Ask the Podcast Coach. But if you go, who's Larry Roberts? You may not know him, but if I say, oh, the red hat guy, you're like, oh, I've seen him. And so I remember it was probably 2007, had a guy come up at a podcast conference and said, Dave, you're the guy from the school of podcasting, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, you should wear like a graduation robe. And I'm not sure I have the legs to pull that off, but it was an interesting suggestion along with a, you know, cap and gown kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, that'd be weird. But here's what Larry did. He was on stage talking 
And I mentioned earlier, Alex Sanfilippo, great guy from Podmatch, said, why are you wearing somebody else's logo on stage? And so Larry went to Amazon and bought a plain red hat. Then he kind of wears it cocked a little bit to the side and uh, Red Hat Media was born. And I'm here to tell you, it works. I remember there for a while, there were a lot of, uh, I will affectionately refer to them as snake oil salesmen that were teaching podcasting at exorbitant rates, you know, three easy payments. And they were really just kind of selling hope. And I was tempted to kind of brand myself, Dave Jackson, the honest podcaster, you know, the honest podcast coach. But I was like, nah, let's not, uh, let's not do that. But, uh, you know, you might want to think about that sometimes, whether it's a slogan or just ask your audience, how do you describe my show? Cause there's another thing you can do with that is when they describe it, take those words and weave them into your Apple description and put it on your website because you are getting like from the horse's mouth, what your podcast is. And that then may attract more people just like your current audience. It's something to think about. And that's really it is the other thing I wanted to kind of point out here is marketing your show is not something you do once. It's never ending. You know, I just did four different speaking gigs. Actually, yeah, four. And if you count all the times I was on stage, seven. And it's never ending. So I'm always answering questions in Facebook and on Reddit and people email me and, you know, I'm always marketing knowing that a small portion of those people will actually become a member of the school of podcasting. But I'm here to tell you when COVID hit and I couldn't do, even though online things are fun, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. And if you ever thought about going to an online event, I highly recommend it. Whatever your genre is, there's event, go to meetup.com. You could really start there. A lot of those are free and even just go there to listen, you know, not so much to speak. That's another great way you can grow your audience again is to find out what they want And a way to find out what they want is to go to where they are. And that could be an online, you know, Facebook group, Reddit. The best way though, is when you can tell me the eye color of your audience, you're in the right spot. For those of you who have been with me for 900 episodes, I deeply appreciate it. I do enjoy this. And if you have something you would like me to talk about on a future show, I'd love to hear it. You can find everything out at schoolofpodcasting.com. Whether you want to follow the show, you can see what gear I'm using there. If you want to be an affiliate for the show, and what that is, is if you know somebody who wants to start a podcast, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash affiliates, you can send them a special link after you sign up and you will earn a commission for every month they stay subscribed. It's been a fun ride. I look forward to another 900. Oh my goodness. That would be interesting to see because I think podcasting is still going to change the world, but I think we're going to see two camps going forward. Those that... uh our giant shows that pimp mattresses and therapy and other shows that have really lots of uh, impact on their audience. And maybe they're doing that value for value thing that I always talk about. So thanks so much for listening. Again, everything can be found at schoolofpodcasting.com. If you throw on a slash listener to that, so schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener, 
That'll save you on either a monthly or yearly subscription. I'm Dave Jackson. I help podcasters. It's what I do. I've been doing it for quite some time now, and I would love to see what we could do together. So until next week, the regular format is back. Take care. God bless. And class is dismissed.